Welcome to the Faith Church Podcast. I am your host for the day today, at least, Christoph. With me today is Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Christoph. Good morning, man. How's it going? Great. I'm glad we get to do this again together. Yeah, yeah. Another week. Yeah. Which is fun. It is. And you know what? The last couple days have been beautiful. What a gift. They have been. Yeah, they've been really nice. The sun was out and shining. I, I was just telling you that this morning, so Friday mornings, we I play Ultimate Frisbee at the school, at the high school. And in the wintertime, we play inside, which is a lot of fun. We play off of like, and when, when you play, if you've never played Ultimate Frisbee, uh, really short version is, it's it's kind of like football, but you just, you keep, when you catch it, you have to stop, you can't move, then you have to throw it. So it's kind of fast paced. And when you play inside, you can play off the walls and play off the bleachers and stuff. And uh, outside, it's just a lot, a lot more room to run. And the sun was out and shining this morning, fresh air, but uh, it, it, man, it, it worked my uh, worked my cardio a little bit. I'm still I, f- I feel like I'm still catching wind, and it's like three hours later. So here I am. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that sounds like my soccer team this week. We were all getting back in shape. That's right. You uh, had yeah. your first practice. Yeah, and I could feel like everyone feels a bit of the winter rust or whatever you want to call it. Like, yep, all right, yep. we got to shake that. But it's fun that it's starting that season starting up again. I'm very excited about it. How did it go? How was your it first was practice? It was really fun. Awesome kids. We're gonna have a ton of fun together. We're working on having fun learning names and being encouraging and winning. Those were kind of the three. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we always say winning is the only thing that's important, right? Of course. Yeah. No, I'm being sarcastic, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I am pumped. It's going to be really fun to be involved with that. And, uh, I'm sure I'll see a lot of people who are listening to this at the soccer pitch this year. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot involved. I feel like we have a lot of families who are involved in soccer, whether they have kids or, or they're coaching or, um, I remember that was one of the fun parts of doing soccer last year is running into a few families and getting to sit and just hang out for a little while and watch soccer and cheer our kids on. I'm at the age where it's still just kind of like, I, I even use the word organized loosely, but organized chaos. Like it's definitely more chaos than yeah. organized. Uh, Maggie is, is seven. And so she's in the U8 bracket. And it's basically just like, hey, wherever the ball is, they kind of just all herd around it. Uh, but for some reason, they don't actually go after it except for the one kid. And then they just kind of follow the one kid around and um, it's a blast. It's fun. It's super fun. But uh, yeah, looking forward to the, the soccer season. So Me too. It's going to be good. It's so super fun. We, uh, You preached this past Sunday. Yeah. And we're actually, so uh, kind of a, a confession on our part. Usually we record these a few days after. It's uh, a, a few days plus a few days after you preach. So it's Friday actually after you preach. So we're going to have to kind of uh, bring ourselves back into Sunday morning. But you, you had a chance to pick up on where Jay left off on the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, I was so excited to get to preach on that. As I shared on Sunday, God has used the Lord's Prayer in my life in profound ways to deepen my connection with Him and um, the really the aim of my life. I would say it didn't, it hasn't just transformed my prayer life, but my life and um, why I live and what I do. So yeah, I was excited to dive into it again. Jay did an awesome job with that first sermon, especially getting at the kingdom. And are we, when yeah. we say and pray to God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven, what do we have in mind? And uh, I think it, he made a really important point that that is so easy to be either intentionally or probably unintentionally praying for something other than his kingdom. Yeah. Something like our own that, or our own picture of what his kingdom is. Um, that, that to me really has, and it's been almost two weeks and that's still in my mind from what he said. So for my for my um, part two, I wanted to focus on just a few observations and kind of helping people think through what does it look like for this to become regular for yeah. part of your life. Well, it's when I mean I'm thinking when I 
when I'm with youth group and I'm, I am constantly drilling in, try to keep things simple. And I I'm always trying to drill in like, Hey, you want to walk with Jesus? Like spend time in God's word, spend time in prayer. And so the fact that we have literally in God's word from the mouth of Jesus prayer, it seems like a pretty important thing for us to spend, not just a week, but two weeks on and to really focus in and, and, and drill in on. So I, I, I think it's great that we were able to do that and that it had such an impact on your life to, uh, to be able to, um, preach on it. It's great. So what were, uh, what were some of those things? Some of those things that you were saying that you felt were really important to highlight, um, maybe refresh our minds a little bit and then yeah. let's, let's talk about them. Yeah. I mean, one of them for me is I've thought about, there's like really six things in this prayer, six lines essentially. Yeah. And you think about when Jesus was teaching his disciples, you know, the Luke version of this, the the preface to it is his disciples actually saying, Lord, teach us to pray. We don't hear that in Matthew, but obviously that's what he's doing in that moment. Right. And he chose those six, you know, the first three being very much about the worship of God and who God is and that he's near us. And then the second three being about our basic needs, like the most needed things. And it really struck me this time around as I thought about that is how amazing it is that those are that's what he picked. And when you start to think about who Jesus was and is, you can't help but think that must have been the most loving, the most helpful, the most important things that he could have come up with in that moment. Like there was nothing else. Those are the most important things for us to be praying. And that was one of the things that really struck me is if I if if my life with Jesus doesn't include at least praying about those things, like even if it doesn't include those words exactly, but that content or those topics, I'm missing something that Jesus thought was really important. Why do you why do you think we miss that? Because I feel like we oftentimes resort to prayer either one, very reactionary to something that's going on in life, or two, uh, it's it's kind of just a, a hey hey putting it this way, but like a laundry list of of desires, right? Yeah. Um, and we kind of skip over that beginning part of just the recognition of who God is. Why, why do you think that happens? That's a great question. I mean, I think the answer is probably different for each person. I do think sometimes it's because our prayer life becomes, uh, prayer is like the, the last resort when we've tried everything else. You know, we've tried to fix this problem this way and this way and this way and this way, and none of those have worked. And now we need to pray. And I think we're, it's the desperation is actually great in that moment, yeah, yeah. but it's also, we're not being thoughtful as far as entering into a life of prayer. So I think that's part of it too. Do we, do we think of prayer as like an act that we do occasionally when needed, kind of with an asterisk next yeah. to it? Or is prayer something that is a life that we live with God, connected in intimacy with him? Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's part of it because if you, if you, treat God and think of God as he has revealed himself as a person, then you will interact with him the way Jesus taught. It just will feel so unnatural. Yeah. What, what do you think? I mean, well, no, I think that's true. How many times have, I, I know for me, so I, I can't speak on your behalf, but how many times have I just said naturally as I'm speaking, not even thinking about it, well, at least I can do is pray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, yep. the least you could do is pray. Really? The least? And But that's a kind of our posture, right? And And oftentimes when we say something kind of off the top of the head, it's because that actually is what's natural to um, our instinct. And I think our instinct definitely is to want to, to to fix whatever, to want to do whatever in our power, 
and and uh, it's a great humbling reminder that that's not the case, right? So when we have that posture of it's not within our power, it's not in our control, how could we not? How, how could our posture not be first, you know, about God and not about um, our things, especially in prayer. But I really like that. I like I like how you framed it because it, that doesn't necessarily even it goes beyond the act of praying itself. It, it is it is a heart posture of how you are pursuing the day. It's, it's a heart posture of how you're pursuing loving God. It's a heart posture of how you are um, pursuing others. And I, I I think I think it's a big thing. Um, I think another part of it is just we're not oftentimes we're not in the in the practice of of praying consistently. We 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 we, we pray. And we might even pray weekly or might even pray daily, but it's but it's not a consistent thing that we are pursuing, but rather, like I said, a reactionary in the moment kind of thing. And because of that, there isn't that kind of that preparation. I feel like there's almost like this like preparation that that happens before you even pray of just like calming yourself, thinking about who God is, and then and then entering into prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's an attitude of expectation and a heart that assumes this is going to be part of our life. And that, that's only, that only happens as God's spirit does that in us, right? Like we make, we take steps, we respond to God and to his love and his grace. And then we ask, Lord, would you by your spirit move me to pray, enable me to desire to connect with you throughout my day. Um, And that's where I think the Lord's prayer and prayer in general takes on a life that um, ends up really shaping us. So that was another one of the ideas that I wanted to draw out on Sunday was that when we pray this way, we are changed. This actually does change the way we view the world, the way we view ourselves and God. And that was one of the things that Jesus would have intended for his disciples to receive from it. So not just words as a spell, like here's the incantation that will get what you want, but these words that would actually end up forming a soul into the likeness of, of God. I feel like you have to correct me if I'm wrong <laughs> and I might be very wrong. There was a, a quote from a, a famous pastor, theologian, author who, who essentially said the same thing. Prayer is not about changing God's mind, but rather it's about changing ours. Oh man. Yeah. That's interesting. I think I've heard that. I'm not sure. Do you know who said that? I don't. I don't. Um, I could be quoting somebody who you maybe should never listen to. But but I do think that there is a truth to that, right? Yeah. That we oftentimes pursue prayer. We think of prayer in this category of this is going to change God's mind, which God doesn't change his mind, right? Um, but it, it changes us. Like there is a transformation that happens. Maybe not changing our mind, but maybe changing our hearts and maybe changing our spirits and maybe changing our souls and, and transforming us. And I, I think that is one of the big things that happens in prayer. Um, and when we do that, when we pray that way, when we pray expecting that, whether God answers our requests with what we're hoping for, what we're not hoping for, it kind of changes how we receive that, doesn't it? If the expectation isn't for God to change his mind, but rather for us to be transformed in the in the process of prayer. So if if I if I'm not receiving what I'm asking for, what I'm praying for, um, which might be really a really difficult moment, like it helps me to trust in God's goodness in that moment, whether or not it seems good or not. Yeah, it's interesting how yeah, you know, that that idea, that quote could be taken to mean, well, then it doesn't really matter if I pray other than it changes me. Yeah. You that's, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's yeah, the, yeah. and I know, I'm sure, you know, we don't know who said that 
it just came to your mind, but I'm sure that's not what the intention was, but that could be the way that a person applies it. And what I would say is our prayers do matter. They change us as we pray and they affect the, the world around us. And it's interesting. The reason that sometimes, you know, you mentioned the idea of not getting what you prayed for. And the reason that that sometimes happens, C.S. Lewis pointed out is that prayer, um, rather than being, something that lacks power is actually so powerful that if God didn't filter and sift out our requests in a way that would be best for us, we would destroy ourselves in the world very fast because prayer is infinite. Like it has no bounds like our physical actions do. There's only so much I can do with my physical body and mind, but prayer is beyond that. It involves the infinite. So God does. He sorts through it. But um, there's a way of thinking about requesting from God that doesn't involve changing his mind as well. And I think you could point to some examples in Scripture where his mind is, where he seems to be convinced by a, by a human being to do something. But I think there's a way of requesting in which we are saying, God, do this thing that I know you want. And I know that my request actually is important and that you have decided that my request will be at least one of the reasons that you do this. Yeah. And if you think of it, I think this might be also C.S. Lewis. He talks about um, when when people get engaged to be married, typically that request, will you marry me, is not changing anybody's mind. Mm. But mm. you are actually not going to be getting married until that request is made. Hmm. So did you cause that? Is there a sense in which saying, will you marry me, was a cause of you getting married? Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. But did you... Typically, in a healthy uh, healthy dating and engagement period, you're not twisting someone's arm, right? When you say that, the the, the other person has already decided, yeah, I'm going to marry this person when they ask. And if you think of prayer in that way, I think that you can get what you just quoted, um, but also understand your prayer is very effective and important in what God's doing yeah, in the world. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And I don't, I, yeah, I, 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 as you're saying that, I'm thinking, man, I really hope n- nobody hears that and thinks, that it's only that prayer is only like the very like humanistic version of prayer and meditation. That is definitely not what I'm saying. Like it is, there's a um, huge proponent and we see it in scripture of people praying before God and God responding. So I'm not saying mm-hmm. that God does not respond because of our prayers. I, I should be very careful with that. By the way, I did a quick research on that quote, just really quick Google hey, search. Hey, way to go. So fun, fun fact about it. Well, millennial, right? Like I'm familiar with Google. Yeah, yeah. Google, we're, we're pretty tight. Um, <laughs> It, so it's it's attributed to C.S. Lewis, that exact quote. Can I read oh, you the quote really quick? Yeah. yeah, it says, I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God. It changes me. Hmm. However, there's a twist. There's a twist, Jeff. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis didn't actually say that. It was attributed to him, but he didn't say it. Anthony Hopkins in the movie Shadowlands says it as he plays C.S. Lewis. <laughs> did you know that there's a movie about C.S. Yeah, Lewis? Yeah, I did. And, That's a fun movie. That's funny that as Anthony Hopkins as C.S. Lewis said that, <laughs> but Lewis did not. But Lewis did not. There's there uh, there's there's a whole apparently website or book called the uh, misquotable C.S. Lewis, and right, it goes through uh, popular quotes that are attributed to C.S. Lewis, but. Uh, uh, they go through and they dispel that. And so anyways, there you go. Uh, Way to do some quick research <laughs> on the fly. That's awesome. This is fun for you. So um, yeah, anyways, there you have it. All right, back to the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Thinking about that. I, that, that was a good good discussion on that. You, we were talking about, so one of the things, 
one of the things I love, Jeff, is you and I on Tuesdays go for a walk and we get a chance just to kind of process through Sunday and think through things. And it's fun after you preach, getting to it's hear, awesome. um, getting to hear some of the feedback that you've received. And one of the things you received, and I, I think it's a really interesting thing to think about is that when we pray the Lord's prayer, and I know I do this, we oftentimes tacked on to the end. We, we, we put on the end something that is not actually found in Matthew 6. Uh, for that is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Mm-hmm. Why do we do that? Yeah, so that was a question that a couple different people a- asked me. And I, full disclosure, actually had that uh, when I was prepping the sermon and I had all these ideas of things I would love to talk through yeah. was one of those things. Yeah. But it just didn't make the cut for the time that we had. Uh, so I said, hey, we'll talk about it in the podcast. Yeah, so why why? Do, why do some of us end that prayer with, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever, amen, or forever and ever, amen. There's a, there's a few different ways that ends. And if you look again, we did this on Sunday. We looked at the word evil, uh, the last word of, of, of that Matthew 6 uh, Lord's Prayer. It actually had a little note that in the ESV translation that said, or for the evil one. And you might also see, if you look carefully, that there's another note in the ESV translation um, and it will say some later manuscripts or something like that. Do you have it in front of you, Krista? Yeah, yeah, what it says that say? in mind. Uh, some manuscripts add, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Yes. So that is, it's interesting. It's not in the way that the ESV reads right now. And, and if you look in the NIV or any modern translation, they don't include that. Okay. That doxology is the word for what that is at the end of that prayer. They don't include it. But there's, it is attested early on in some later manuscripts, just not our earliest ones of the New Testament. And very importantly, it's included in a um, first century kind of manual of worship, some teaching of the apostles. You say, say the other word, Christoph. Didache. Yeah, Didache yeah. is another word for what this is. So it's an early document. And in that document about worshiping and following Jesus— um, it says to pray this prayer three times a day, and when it says what the prayer is, it includes that doxology on the end of it. So what does yeah. that mean for us? Okay, so as I researched that, what I found is that a lot of scholars will say it's unlikely that a first-century Jewish person would have taken Jesus' prayer as he gave it to us and not prayed it with a doxology on the end of it. So That's pretty common. Yeah, they would have said, that's just very normal. So that means two things, one of two things. It could mean that it was assumed when Jesus gave them that prayer that they would add that to the end of it. Kind of like kind of like when, whenever we add amen yeah. to the end of prayers. Yeah, in Jesus' name, amen. That's yeah. like our It would have been a little bit form. of an extended version of that. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's one option. Another option is that it was something that, was, that they started to do as they started incorporating the Lord's Prayer into their worship, and it wasn't maybe in the, in the originals that Jesus would have said. Um, so either one of those, either way, it's, it's a great thing to, to have as part of the Lord's prayer. When I pray the Lord's prayer, I do pray for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory. Amen. I do add that on. I mean, it's not wrong. No, it's right. It's, it's definitely not wrong to pray that. And I think it's very powerful Mm -hmm. to pray that. So like in the beginning of the prayer, we're praying for God's kingdom. And then at the end of the prayer, we're we're kind of bookcasing it with, but yours, yours is the kingdom and the power, which I love. And it's funny because I ref- I reflexively because I I grew up in a church at least for the you know first 12 13 years of my life grew up going to a church where we repeatedly prayed the Lord's prayer 
Sunday mornings. What's so interesting to me is that we have so many people that come to our church that can do that. They can just off, off the top of their head. They can, they, they also grew up in, in really similar environments. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's tacked on towards the end. It's pretty cool that it's in the, the Didache, which I think is awesome that we have something that was written, um, by the apostolic fathers, right. Within a century, uh, century. Yeah. Generation in the first century. Yeah. Within a generation of, of Jesus, uh, that talks about how the early church worshipped, which is really neat. Cool that we can reference that. We get to see how they took what they heard from Jesus and the apostles and how they used it in yeah. their worship. It doesn't necessarily mean that everything's normative for us, but it is really neat. It's like a later act or something. Yeah. Um, it's cool what you said about doxology, too, because they're, they're, I was just talking on Wednesday night with a student. I had, I had a student come into youth group. They came early. And they had a book of the Bible that they were reading with a friend. And they were like, okay, I have like seven questions. I have like, oh boy. Uh, and it was Jude. It was the letter of Jude. And at the end of Jude, there's a beautiful doxology right at the end of it. So I don't think it's crazy to assume that they would have prayed it that way. Um, but trying to remain faithful to the manuscripts, the earliest manuscripts that we have, they, they don't they don't include it in there. Yeah. It's a great question. Yeah, it is a great question. So I guess like really practically getting down to the, like using this prayer and, and praying it. Yeah, yeah. If, if... I would encourage people to add that. I think if you're used to doing that, there is there is absolutely nothing wrong with continuing to do that. And in fact, I think it's a great way to end that prayer with your mind on God again, kind of mm-hmm. coming back around. And uh, if you decide that you don't want to use it, that's awesome too. It's really a, a preference thing. Um, you will find if you look at any um, modern or ancient liturgy, like written prayers in a worship service, they will always be included. Um, it just is always in them. And I think it's because it just feels more natural. You may have felt on Sunday as we prayed it that something was missing on the end. And I think that's what the people that asked were feeling. And I and I agree with that. And the challenging thing, just like the word trespasses or sins or debts, is that we have lodged in us a number of different ways of praying that. Um, so I got that's in actually trouble. fun, right? I got in trouble a number of times on Sunday. So I am... I'm one of those people when I when I worship or when I'm like trying to really set my mind on on God, I close my eyes. Yep. I am I am an eye closer. Like that is just kind of my thing. I know some people are hands up. I I'm an eye closer, which gets me in trouble, especially when like I'm I'm in into a song and we're singing and we're worshiping. And, and I miss like a line in the song and I start singing something else because I'm not looking at the screen. Is it as long as you don't have a microphone on? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That Well, that's why they don't give me a microphone <laughs> after the bass, among other, other reasons. But uh-huh. I got in trouble when we were praying on Sunday a couple of times because huh. I I said uh, trespasses and you did not have trespasses up on the screen. And I didn't even realize because I was like, okay, we're praying. I was like, I'm going to bow my yep. head, close my eyes. And then I said trespasses and everyone else said, I think, I think you had debts. Debts is what the ESV says. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I totally, I was like, well, that, it. Well, I struggled oh. with it too because I yeah. typically pray sin or sins. Okay. Because that's the word that I would normally use that for you grew that. Up with? Yeah. And that's the, yeah, that's just liturgically what I'm used to. Um, so even I, looking at the screen literally while I was praying, it struggled. Um, I think that's a, a bit of the neat, it's an illustration of, of how powerful it is to get yeah. it in you. Yeah. And to feel like it just comes out of you a bit reflexively, because you can you can have it come out reflexively and still be reflective. Mm-hmm. You know, you can. Um, so yeah, I mean, the other point I just wanted to make sure I revisited from Sunday. Uh, two quick things. One is that I think this prayer, when we pray those plurals the way Jesus intended, can really expand the circle 
for the people that we're praying for. So we're praying for our daily bread and for our sins to be yeah, forgiven, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah, for our yeah. deliverance from evil. And that includes, so if Christoph and I are praying, that includes each other, obviously. But then it's our families, it's our church family, it's our community, it's the larger world around us. It's the people that God brings to mind, you know, that need that prayer. And I think that's what Jesus intended for it to do, would be to grow who it is we pray for. And then as, as who we pray for grows, who we love grows, that's part of what God does is he gives us like a deeper affection and a sense of responsibility as his image bearers for people around us that the world would say, that is not your problem. Go on with your life. They aren't your problem. But I think Jesus thought they were. Correct. Yeah. That, and, yeah. and that we have responsibility towards each other in our community and the greater world around us. So to me, that's a really amazing thing about, about the way he gave it to us in the plural. The other thing is, that this prayer is meant to then affect the way we actually live our life. Yeah. yeah. So we yeah. cannot we cannot consistently pray things like give us our, our our daily bread or forgive us our sins as we forgive others and neglect the needs of others around us or walk around holding grudges. It it seems to me that you that you couldn't honestly pray that prayer and and be determined to be bitter against a person for the rest of your life. I think you could you could do one or the other. Hmm. I don't think you could do both. And it doesn't mean, I said this on Sunday, that forgiveness will be instant, that you'll be able to release people immediately. Um, but I do think that it's something that we then, when we say forgive us our sins as we forgive others, their sins against us, if someone comes to mind that you are having a hard time doing that with, then I think the very next thing, because God is personal, relational, and present, we say is, Lord, you know that my heart is hard towards this person. But I don't want it to be, and I can see Jesus does not want that for me or for them. Soften my heart, God. Enable me to forgive the way I have been forgiven. Like, I think that's what ends up happening when we really enter into these words fully. So they're powerful words that shape our soul, that transform us, and then they, they change how we live. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love, I love the pluralization too of thinking of that we we so we it is really easy for us to especially man especially in american christianity just I, i'm gonna call it like it is it's really easy for it to be individualistic right it's really easy for it to be your thing your salvation your your this your that and it's ours like it is our church family it is our faith it is our um and to, to pray that is a constant reminder that god is saving up a people. He is, yes, he saved you. Yes, he forgave you. But yes, he forgave us. Yes, he saved us. And yes, we are on mission together, which is a really, really good thing. Um, so I love that. I love that posture, thinking through it that way. So any other, do you have any other questions that came up or any other? No, that was the, the doxology one was the main question. Yeah. I think my encouragement would be for all of us to just consider what does what does Jesus have for us? in this prayer and how might he want to grow the way we pray or the way we think about God or each other in the world um, and not just let this two part series go by yeah. without without doing some evaluation of our prayer lives and then I think what it is we end up doing in prayer. I love it. Well, as you are considering that, as you are thinking through that and praying through that, if you have any questions, anything that we can do, any way we can serve you, maybe any questions that you would want discussed on the podcast or thoughts you can always connect with us online connect 
at faithpeshtigo.com. You can also send us a message on Facebook, get connected with us. I'm looking forward to worshiping with you this, this Sunday, church, as, as always. And as you go this week, go in peace. Mm-hmm.